What's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about is it actually healthy to air fry your food in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about how to boost your prostate health with these six foods. Before we get into that, if you'd like to join the conversation, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share more entertaining behind the scenes stories, tips, and hats that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Now, let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. So in this week's installment of uh, Healthy Conversations, we're talking about, um, you know, is it actually healthy to air fry your food? <laughs> so it's a pretty simple question, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've all heard about this revolutionary new piece of kitchen technology called the air fryer. <laughs> I mean, it's been advertised as a healthy, uh, guilt-free way to enjoy your favorite fried foods. So it's, you know, no wonder that these air fryers, you know, it's no wonder that they've become such a popular kitchen appliance, you know? They're, again, they're, they're, they're claimed to help lower the fat content of, you know, popular foods like French fries and chicken wings, empanadas and uh, uh, fish sticks, you know? So, but just how healthy is <laughs> cooking with an air fryer? Like, how healthy is it, you know? Like, wh- where does that stand on the health barometer if you will. <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? Is it somewhere in the middle? That's the question that I had on my mind before I went into, you know, detective mode. And I discovered quite a few things that may actually surprise you. So first off, what is an air fryer and what and how does it work? <laughs> you know, yeah. So so let's start with the obvious. You know, an air fryer is this, you know, it's a popular kitchen appliance, as I said, and it's used to make fried foods, you know, such as meat and uh, pastries, potato chips, all that stuff that you generally fry with oil or deep fry or anything like that. Like it works by circulating 
hot air around the food to, you know, to produce a crunchy and crispy exterior. <laughs> and while this process of air circulation is happening, there's another chemical reaction that begins to take in place. This reaction is known as the Maillard reaction, which basically occurs between an amino acid and the reduction of sugar in the presence of heat. So when you apply heat to something like meat that has that's, you know, obviously it's it's protein or amino acid and, and the heat reduces the sugar, you get this Maillard reaction, this um, chemical reaction. This reaction <laughs> leads to changes in the color and flavor of foods. So air fried foods are said to be a healthy alternative to deep fried foods thanks to their, you know, lower content of fat and calories, obviously, because instead of completely saturating the food in oil or dunking it completely in oil, air the, the process of air frying requires only, a, you know, a tablespoon of oil to get the same taste and texture as deep fried foods. And, and we all know that, you know, deep fried foods are generally higher in fat than foods prepared using other cooking methods like baking or boiling and stuff like that. You know, so so for example, a chicken breast that's been fried has more fat than an equal amount of, say, roasted chicken. So those are just, you know, those are simply the facts. Plain and simple right there, you know, but some of these air fryer manufacturers, they like they actually go above and beyond to claim that using an air fryer can help cut the fat content of fried foods by up to 75%. Now, <laughs> that's that's a huge percentage right there. That That's practically the entire biscuit, the whole kit and caboodle, if you will. <laughs> they say that it's because like, you know, air fryers, they, since they require a lot less fat than traditional deep fryers, obviously, you know, like uh, like your traditional deep fryer, you're, you're putting a few cups of oil in there. So again, like while many recipes for deep fried dishes say that you'll need up to three cups of oil, you know, like the air fried foods, they only need about a tablespoon. Like that's a huge difference. So this means that deep fryers use up to 50 times more oil than air fryers. And while the food doesn't absorb all of that oil, using an air fryer can significantly cut down on the overall fat content of your food. Actually, there was uh, one specific study that compared deep fried versus air fried french fries and found that by air frying the french fries you end up with substantially less fat but a similar color and moisture content so basically you practically get the same taste and texture in the french fry but with so much less fat win-win <laughs> if you ask me now i don't think i have to tell you that this can have a major impact on your health right <laughs> i think i think you kind of know that but we we kind of know that a higher intake of fat from vegetable oils has you know it, it's been associated with increased risk of things like heart disease and inflammation we talk about this all the time and it's everywhere like this again this is almost general knowledge at this point and they're not just higher in fat but like they're also higher in calories and may contribute to weight gain again a, a no-brainer there we we kind of know this so if you're looking to trim your waistline then 
swapping your deep fried foods for air fried foods might be a good place to start, you know, because since air fried foods are naturally lower in fat and they're deep fried cousins, you know, then, <laughs> then switching to an air fryer might be a super, super simple way to help cut calories and help you manage your weight. And here's an interesting little fact. Dietary fat contains over twice as many calories per gram as other macronutrients like protein or, um, you know, carbohydrates. So dietary fat <laughs> has nine calories per gram, which is twice the amount you find in protein or carbs. You know, so again, if you're looking to lose weight or lower your fat intake, switching to an air fryer may be a good choice instead of deep frying. But, but you know, obviously, like with everything else, <laughs> there's a gotcha. And it's this. Just because it may be a better option than deep frying doesn't mean that it's the best option when it comes to your overall health. So just throwing it out there, you know what I mean? Like this is something to keep in mind. Yes, it's, you know, if you're comparing uh, air frying directly to deep frying, then obviously it's it's a better choice. But when you're looking at the overall picture, uh, you know, maybe not so much. It's still, I mean, it's, again, it's better, but not the best option, you know? So I don't want you to think that you can go out, uh, you know, go ahead and start air frying the crap out of everything. You know, it's certainly a better option than the traditional deep frying, you know, or, or regular frying, but it's still not the best option if your health or your overall health is priority number one. So even though air fried foods may be healthier than deep fried foods, it's important to remember that they're similar to fried or roasted foods when, you know, cooking with oil, <laughs> you know? So again, unfortunately, there are, you know, many studies that have shown that eating fried foods <laughs> may be associated with a number of negative effects on your health. Like it's been found literally <laughs> that eating more fried foods was associated with a greater risk of heart failure, period. <laughs> you know, and frequently eating fried foods has been associated with other conditions like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. I mean, research on the effects of air fried food is super limited right now, and these effects are simply what's been observed through uh, studies on regular fried foods. But that being said, let's try to limit your consumption of fried foods to help promote better overall health. That doesn't mean that you can't have have the occasional air fried chicken dinner. I mean, you gotta live a little, right? It just means to take it easy on the fried foods because here's the bottom line. Again, compared to deep frying, using an air fryer can reduce the amount of fat, the calories, and potentially the harmful compounds in your food. But <laughs> air fried foods may be similar to conventionally fried foods. When, you know, when you take the whole uh, cooking with oil and, uh, you know, eating them regularly, Regular, uh, regularly into consideration. You know, they may also be associated with the same negative health conditions. So although, uh, you know, air fryers may be a better alternative to deep fryers, still limiting your intake of fried foods altogether is your best option when it comes to your overall health. So remember, <laughs> the more you know, the better you'll be. And so with that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment, 
with Mighty Man. All right, this one's a good one. This is a good one. Not as good as last week's, <laughs> but it's also a good one. And it hits more or less the same area. And it's we're talking about how to boost your prostate health with these six foods. So six, I'm not going to call them superfoods, but you know, six specific foods that you should be eating to boost your prostate health. And this kind of goes with the air fryer topic because it's about eating the right things to enhance your body's defensive and more specifically, you know, to help keep your prostate strong and healthy, you know, because as you know, your diet can significantly affect your health. You know, there's that direct correlation between what you eat and your health, you know, and this includes your prostate, obviously, because that's part of your body. So by adding prostate healthy foods to your diet, you might be able to reduce the risk of prostate problems, including the dreaded, uh, dare I say, the prostate cancer, you know? So according to the American Cancer Society, prostate cancer in particular is the most common cancer among males. And it's said that it affects one out of every eight males in the United States. So this is not something to take lightly if you ask me. I'm serious. You know, that being said, the exact role of diet in prostate health isn't exactly clear at the moment, you know? So like there are several theories that exist out there, you know? So, so uh, you know, some experts say that the high fat, high sugar uh, Western diet contributes to increased numbers of prostate cancer cases. <laughs> say that three times fast <laughs> but <laughs> and some studies have associated both diets high in dairy products and also high in like total calcium intake whether through food or or supplements you know they've associated this to a higher risk of developing prostate cancer so there is like this little link between that you know so but again before you start to panic the reality is that more research is needed to truly confirm this link you know, so these were basically preliminary findings with, um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say little, but I would, I guess, limited data behind them, you know? So again, that being said, if, and when you decide to make any dietary changes, you'll still need to see your doctor for regular screenings, but you can start supporting your prostate health by adding this, these here six foods to your diet. So here we go. Like these are them, you know? So the first on this list of of items or foods to add to your diet is uh, tomatoes. <laughs> so certain fruits and vegetables, including tomatoes, <laughs> can contain a powerful antioxidant called lycopene. There's some uh, evidence that a diet high in lycopene can help reduce the risk of developing prostate cancer. Boom, you know? And it does this basically by decreasing cell damage and slowing down the production of cancer cells at the I mean at the end of the day it's an antioxidant after all you know which means that it protects your cells from damage but here's the trick with this lycopene this antioxidant it's it's this you know because lycopene is tightly bound to the cell walls of raw tomatoes your body has trouble extracting it from the tomato so ultimately cooked or pureed tomato products may be better options 
to get those tomatoes into your diet. So things like, you know, tomato paste and uh, spaghetti sauce or uh, sun-dried tomatoes and uh, tomato juice, <laughs> you know? So th since these are like pre-crushed or liquefied, that loosens up the lycopene and your body has less of a hard time in processing it. <laughs> and so adding more tomato-based recipes into your diet is actually more simple than you may be thinking you know so there's like uh you know there are many nutritious tomato dishes for you to try you know for example adding some sun-dried or fresh tomatoes to salads uh is, is one thing like you can uh or or eating your eggs with sliced tomatoes or salsa like if you if you're like me and you like your um your omelets you know like you can get some salsa on the omelet or just slice some fresh to, uh, tomatoes on there you know you can even enjoy uh tomato-based soups you know that's another excellent way to boost your lycopene intake you know and then uh in the summer months you can buy fresh local tomatoes to add to sandwiches and maybe even chop into salads you know like uh it's another uh, it's another way you can get that those tomatoes into your diet also drinking plain tomato juice each morning is another good option you know just uh you know just make sure to pick the brand with very low sodium because you know some of these brands out there they, they kind of uh they up the sodium it's like you're you're basically drinking salt water <laughs> but anyway the second item on this list or the second food that you should be sneaking into your uh into your diet is uh broccoli i i love broccoli i didn't always but when i found out you could steam it and then lightly butter it mm, yum 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 <laughs> but but anyways <laughs> broccoli is a vegetable that contains uh so many uh complex compounds for a lack of better terms bunch of good stuff that you know may help protect some people from cancer I i'm sure you've heard that some studies suggest there's a link between the amount of cruciferous vegetables that you eat and a lower prostate cancer risk and these to be clear these quote-unquote cruciferous vegetables if you don't know what these are these are a group of vegetables that basically includes broccoli you know what i mean now the reasons for this connection this link are still a little unclear it's a little hazy the research findings you know but researchers are saying that some phytochemicals in these vegetables selectively target and kill cancer cells while leaving normal prostate cells healthy and unaffected that's insane right there when i when i heard that <laughs> <laughs> that was insane. Let, let me say that again in case you missed what I said. Researchers say that some phytochemicals in these vegetables, again, including broccoli, these cruciferous vegetables, they these phytochemicals, they can selectively target and kill cancer cells while leaving normal prostate cells healthy and unaffected. That, again, that blew my mind and I was excited at the fact that I, you know, that I already love broccoli. And so I knew I was covered on this front, you know? And just so that you're aware of this, other cruciferous vegetables include uh, cauliflower and uh, cabbage. Um, Brussels sprouts is another one. And um, uh, kale is a good one. Like that's another one. So if you're supplementing your diet with these vegetables, you should be good. You know, you're, you're covered. You're, so, you know, first of all, good job and keep up the good work. And if you're not, and you're not exactly sure how to get more broccoli into your diet don't worry it's easier than you think uh you know like you 
seriously, you can add broccoli to stir fries and soups and salads or simply eat it raw or steamed, you know, that, that the way I prefer. I love a good lean steak with a, like a, you know, like a New York strip, a, a sirloin, T-bone, or even a porterhouse or, or a filet mignon, you know, yeah, baby. I, <laughs> you know, grill that baby up to a nice medium rare and then add some lightly steamed, lightly buttered broccoli. Ah, oh, pair that with a nice Merlot. Oh, heaven. Anyway, <laughs> focusing back on the broccoli. Let's not get carried away here. You know, if you're worried about fresh vegetables going bad, like I do, you know, then consider buying frozen broccoli that you can basically cook whenever you have the time. Like I, I have a bag in my freezer pretty much at any given moment. So like whatever I'm eating, if I don't see enough green on my plate or, <laughs> you know, if I'm having a salad and I, and I look at it and it kind of looks light or you know i just want to grill up a quick steak and throw some broccoli on the side like boom like i i again i generally have a bag of frozen broccoli at any given moment in my freezer so that's another little tip there little behind the scenes tip but uh that's just me you you find your way like i'm i'm giving you the information and you know you, you find ways to fit it into your diet but i found that's a that's a great one right there just have that bag of fresh uh fresh of uh frozen vegetables that you can literally just pop in the microwave for a minute or two and, and boom, you know, off you go. So anyway, the third thing on this list um, is green tea. <laughs> now, people have been using green tea for its health benefits for thousands of years. You know that. I know that. Um, and researchers have conducted many studies on, the, on its effects on cancer itself, you know, and believe it or not, the evidence suggests that special compounds contained within green tea may reduce the risk of prostate cancer. And it does this by influencing tumor growth, cell death, and hormone signaling. <laughs> so it was... It has some good stuff in it that'll help suppress or minimize the growth of cancerous cells, for lack of better terms. So if you like the taste of green tea, uh, why don't you start by maybe drinking a cup each morning instead of your regular coffee? I know, I know, this is <laughs> this is a difficult for some hardcore uh, hardcore coffee drinkers, my, myself included, you know. But I'll ask you this, and then leave it up to you. You know, is it more important than suppressing prostate cancer? Just saying. <laughs> just saying like i said i posed the question the answer is up to you you know that's what i'm here for giving you options but anyway if you prefer to skip the caffeine you know why why not try decaf <laughs> you know and if you don't like warm or hot tea altogether you know maybe you're that type. like i don't get much i don't even like hot tea you know <laughs> then why then try cooling it in your refrigerator and adding ice for a nice refreshing iced tea you know i love iced tea especially in the summer you know like when you it's when that when the mercury in the barometer starts to rise you know and you, you're looking for something refreshing and cold to cool you down you know a nice refreshing iced tea with some ice oh yeah baby you know where i'm going with that <laughs> And what if you're not a fan of the taste, you know, like, like, what if you want, like, because I know people that, that they just don't like tea, you know? Well, this is, this is what I suggest. Like, in that case, try using cooled green tea as the liquid in homemade smoothies or, you know, adding green tea powder into your smoothies, you know? So you can subvert this not liking the taste of it by incorporating it into other items. Again, like smoothies. Just try and get it into your diet somehow. 
about, you know? Options, baby, options. And, uh, you know, speaking of options, <laughs> what about number four, you know? Legumes and soybeans. So legumes are a food group that include uh, beans, peanuts, and lentils, things of that nature. They basically contain biologically active plant compounds known as phytoestrogens. So these are cancer-fighting antioxidants, basically. You know, like the, the, the cancer-fighting effects of these phytoestrogens, it, it comes from their antioxidant properties and the effects on hormone regulation and cell death. So similar to the, um, the green tea, basically. In fact, the National Cancer Institute, or the NCI, shows a link between the consumption of soy and reduced levels of prostate-specific toxins. Also been observed that the effects of soy were more effective when you eat it along with other cancer-fighting foods, you know, and adding more legumes and soybeans to your diet can actually be as simple as swapping meat for plant protein in at least some meals. So like trying a, let's say, a meatless Monday routine or moving toward a plant-based diet altogether, you know. I, for one, have never tried a fully plant-based diet simply because, you know, <laughs> I really enjoy my steak, <laughs> but I can and do enjoy vegetarian or vegan meals every now and then. You know, for me, it's a flavor thing. If a vegetarian meal is flavorful, I have no problems with it. <laughs> you know, I think I think that's why I love Indian food so much. They have such a wide variety of vegetarian dishes. And from what I've gathered in my 40 plus years is that the seasoning they use is amazing and, and makes these dishes delicious as hell. <laughs> you know? Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Drop drop it in the comments for me. But that being said, you can try making a black bean burger with lots of veggies or a homemade hummus that's made with like blended chickpeas and some tahini sauce. You know, oh, I, I love hummus. Like that's that's another thing that I like to kind of keep stocked in my refrigerator. I mean, it's, it's great to add like some, if you want to add some protein to your diet, you know, you can, if you have hummus, you can always have you can always dip in there and get that ex additional protein boost into your diet and not to mention like it's a delicious dip for vegetables or whole grain bread <laughs> you know and, and when i say vegetable you can take it a step further and dip your raw broccoli or or cauliflower for an extra boost of antioxidants i'm just saying <laughs> again options here and finally there's tofu it's a it's an excellent source of soy and you can try seasoning your tofu with different sauces and, and like, you know, baking it or browning it on the stove or uh, adding it to stir fries or even salads. I mean, it's it's a, it's pretty versatile, you know, it's a little, uh, and it's a great way to get that soy into your um, diet. So moving along, the fifth item on the list, the fifth thing to boost your prostate health is pomegranate juice. So just like with green tea, pomegranates are an excellent source of antioxidants. <laughs> Let's just put it out there, you know? In fact, uh, pomegranate juice has a reputation as a superfood because of this. <laughs> it's high levels of antioxidants. As we all know, <laughs> antioxidants may help prevent chronic diseases related to oxidative stress in your body.
body, you know? So we've discussed this before. It's, it, it helps flush out those free radical toxins floating around in your body. You know, in fact, the NCI says that pomegranate juice may help prevent the spreading of prostate cancer cells. <laughs> and animal and test tube studies have found that pomegranate juice and extract prevented the production of some prostate cancer cells. But again, <laughs> these are preliminary findings. And so more data is needed with actual humans <laughs> to better understand the link. That being said, though, you can buy pomegranate juice pretty much at any grocery store. And if drinking the juice plain is too intense, then maybe consider diluting it just a bit <laughs> with either plain water or even adding some sparkling water, some seltzer. You know, I personally prefer the sparkling water uh, approach, you know, especially again, if I'm having like my steak dinner and I need that carbonation with a little sweet in it, but you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to bust out the, uh, the Coke and, and I'm, I'm talking about the fizzy drink, not the uh, white powder, the illegal substance <laughs> because the carbonation helps settle my stomach and, and feels refreshing at the same time, you know? So that, that's why I do that. It's, it's kind of like a alternative to full out soda. You know, sometimes you drink so much water and you just, you just can't drink any more water. You need some kind of something carbonated, you know, but regular salsa water, sometimes you're not just in the mood for regular salsa water. So I like to throw a splash of uh, pomegranate juice or cranberry juice, but in this case, pomegranate juice, you know, again, the carbonation helps settle my stomach and it feels super refreshing at the same time. You can also add uh, pomegranate seeds to homemade salad dressing to sweeten it up a little, you know, that's another great option to sneak in the benefits of the pomegranate into your diet. You know, that's again, options here. So the, the sixth thing on this list is fish. <laughs> now fish is great on so many levels. They contain what's known as polyunsaturated fats. This includes um, omega-3s and omega-6s that are essential fatty acids found exclusively in the diet, like in these fish. Like they're not synthesized by your body. So your body doesn't really process and absorb it all that great. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> so some of these vitamins, like they, you, your body absorbs it easily and others it doesn't. And this is one of them. And the traditional Western diet has a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, but not that many omega-3s. And so it's been shown that having a good balance of both the omega-3 and the omega-6 fatty acids, it's been shown that it's linked to better health outcomes overall. <laughs> you know, so these fatty fish have plenty of other health benefits too. And if you try eating the fatty fish found in cold waters, you'll increase your omega-3 intake dramatically. So fish like uh, salmon and trout and uh, uh, herring, um, sardines and mackerel is another good one. Like, like these fish will all help level up your consumption of omega-3s, <laughs> you know, and this can be as easy as cracking open a can of sardines or tuna, you know. Now, not everyone is so enthusiastic about fish, though, you know. I, I understand this. Plus, it can also be expensive, too. I know. <laughs> I know. But if you haven't enjoyed fish in the past, try a different type, you know. Each one 
has a unique flavor. And so you might be surprised to find one that hits your taste buds in all the right places. So give, you know, you have, there's a little, there's a certain level of experimentation that you need to do on your part to find what, you know, what type or what fish works best for your taste buds, you know? Try different seasonings too, you know? Also, the flavor will be milder in the fish that is, that's fresh. So you can basically enjoy fish more if you buy it from a fish counter and make it that very same day. This is basically what I do at home. It's, it'll, I'll literally swing by the grocery store for a fresh filet of salmon or uh, trout or whatever I feel in the mood for that day. You know, I'll bring it home and, uh, you know, quickly prep it and season it and then a quick grilling or, you know, baking or whatever and you're done, you know, you are done. And I found that cod and flounder and um, trout, like they all have milder flavors. If you really don't like that fishy flavor, you know, you can also try topping your fish with a lemon sauce or adding it to another prostate healthy food like <laughs> broccoli. So for example, you can you could try baked cod in a tomato sauce with a sprinkling of basil, <laughs> you know? If you wanna stretch your dollar a bit, you can also add fish to dishes like pasta and soup or salads or even sandwiches, you know? That way you won't need as much fish to make a complete meal. Again, options here, you know? <laughs> you can also ask your doctor about taking omega-3 supplements. These are very super helpful, <laughs> you know, if you're in the know and in the community, then you already know the awesome supplements that I suggest. Um, and omega-3s are just the beginning. Actually, there should be a link in the description below this podcast episode that'll take you straight to the community. I mean, if you're not already in, just click that link to continue the conversation with me and I'll get all that information to you ASAP. But anyway, the bottom line here is this. This is the bottom line. <laughs> Aside from everything else, foods that contain essential compounds may help keep your prostate healthy and reduce the risk of prostate cancer. And researchers need to conduct many more studies to know precisely or exactly how diet affects prostate health. But all the preliminary findings are definitely positive, you know? So there's something to be said about that. It's also a good idea to check in with your doctor before making changes to your diet, especially, especially if you're currently receiving treatment for prostate cancer, you know? This is simply because certain foods may interact with different drugs and therapies. So again, you'll want to talk to your doctor about this and let them know your diet preferences. Now that said, most of the items on this list are nutritious to begin with. And so I'd recommend you add as many of these items to your diet anyway. You know, not just for prostate cancer, but for your overall health as well. So, you know, eating these foods as part of a healthy lifestyle can and will help keep your body healthy, you know? (laughs) And so, with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about range of motion. So do these nine exercises at home for better range of motion. So fellas, when I say you don't want to miss out on that, I mean it. <laughs> you definitely don't want to miss out on that.
And if you loved what you heard in today's podcast and want more actionable topics just like this one, then you need to join the conversation with me and the rest of the community by heading on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share even more raw behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much it really helps me get the word out and it's honestly one place where your vote truly matters until the next chat take care now bye